Welcome to the Spiritualpreneur Podcast, the go-to podcast for business coaching with a spiritual twist. I'm your host, Haley Kay, award-winning author, human design expert, and intuitive business coach here to help you build, grow, and transcend the business of your dreams. You have valuable gifts to share, and I've made it my mission to help you use them to create the business that was meant for you. In any business, there's gifts and challenges, but with just a little guidance, you can gain the clarity and confidence that you need to succeed. I believe that we're called here to live our life with purpose and fulfill the calling we have in our hearts. So if you're here to create some magic, then come join me as we're about to embark on a life-changing journey of spirituality, business, and success. So let's begin. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Spiritual Printer Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Kay, and this episode is another very special spiritual entrepreneur that I wanted to share with you all. Her name is Jessie Da Silva. She is one of my current coaches, so I've been very lucky to have been working with her for the last few months, and I really wanted to dive into her human design, so I asked her to be on my podcast, um, and we actually did a live, so you'll hear we did this live in the Facebook group, so even before I'm launching this episode, we went live in the group because I really wanted to introduce my fellow spiritualpreneurs to her. I think she's just so powerful. She combines mindset, beliefs, manifestation, magic, very practical steps. So the course I actually had finished with her a few months back was called Practical Magic. And now I've enrolled in her course called um, Embodied Up Level. So basically embodying where you want to go to, who you want to become. And it's just been so powerful. And I will probably do another podcast episode after I complete this program with her. But I wanted to have her come on and talk about her work, what she does, and why being in Practical Magic was so helpful to me, which it was. It I learned a lot. I learned a lot from her. And I feel like she really did move me in the direction that I had been wanting to go in for a while. And having her support was really helpful. So I hope you get a lot out of this episode and learn from her and I highly recommend joining her Facebook group five figure launch queens and just to you know be in her energy and learn more from her so enjoy so usually what we're doing is we're recording this podcast episode I asked Jessie if she wanted to be on my podcast so I could we could talk about her business and what she does and then go into her chart um we're gonna I think talk a little bit about this this launch. So I just started working with Jesse, I guess it was the end of last year when we met, like October, mm-hmm. November, and then signed on for her practical magic program. And your Facebook group is launch queen. So I think that was one of the things I was like, okay, I need to do a launch. She's a launch queen. I'm going to get her to help me do a launch. For a while, I had kind of honestly put the launch on the back burner and I was like, oh, I'll just do these other things over here. But then the more, obviously, we work together, I was in your energy, all the stuff you teach and talk about, the stuff in your program, it was finally, like, the universe being like, okay, Haley, time, time to Get launch, like, yeah. do this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I know a lot of you were able to join for the this last five-day human and design and business challenge that I did. And so I wanted to just like give Jesse kudos and like credit because you're definitely a big part of it for sure. 
Well, you've come so far as well. Like I've loved watching you grow and kind of figure out what you want to be doing in your business, how you like to help people and kind of coming into that on your own. That's been really exciting for me. So thank you for being one of my favorite students and evolving with me. I'm sorry she's all up in my business today. She's just being really needy, this kitty cat. It's okay. She wants to be showcased too, you know? Yeah, she's a Leo. She loves when there's a camera involved. So amazing. Okay, so let's talk about you. Let's talk about your business for a little bit. Uh, okay. I know you've just been talking about your business and your program for the last three days, and I'm going to get you mm -hmm. here again, but I know you love your business. So, <laughs> oh, I do. I'm always happy to talk about it. So, yeah, why don't you tell us whatever whatever it is, if you want to talk about this yeah. new launch, this new program you're launching or, or whatever you want to share. Oh yeah. So I, um, I, I help three kinds of clients, but I call myself, um, a business consultant and a mindset coach, like a money mindset, regular old mindset doesn't matter, but I work with three kinds of people. So I work with executives and like I do executive coaching and I help them learn to help learn how to get, more time back into their lives while making the same money and preferably more money. Then I work with entrepreneurs like small business owners who are looking to start and scale their online businesses. And finally, I work with job hunters looking to like crack six figures or get their next six figure job. So I work with a variety of people in different capacities. And my unique formula that got me uh, that got me featured in Forbes and got me the title, the millennial money, Witch, which is so funny to me. Um, my unique formula and how I teach everything is based on the three principles of magic. So exactly what it takes to make a spell work is exactly what you need to make anything succeed. It's exactly what you need to like get the job to, you know, manifest the dream job to like manifest the dream business to get to your next level, whatever it is, it all boils down to the same three points. And those are one, align your intentions, two, embody them deeply, three, take inspired action daily. That's really it. So that's how I teach everything that I do. And yeah, I've got a couple signature programs. So I've got Practical Magic, which Haley is finishing up right now. That's like my three month program. And the, that entire goal there is to help you get into stable income. So have practices, your own unique business strategy, have mindset and spiritual practice tools to kind of get you to that place of having consistent income. And then I have a six month program, which I've just debuted, that is called the Embodied Up Level. And that's about how to continue making the money while scaling back the time that you're spending on your business. So that way you can actually make progress toward some of your other goals. I say, this is the program that takes you from Gwyneth to Goop, right? Like usually people wanna write a book, start a speaking tour. They might you know, want to start selling products or do retreats, things like that. And so we kind of get your business working almost like as automated as we can get it for like, you know, the first point. And then from there, it's like, all right, now we have extra time in our schedule. Let's bring in some experts and talk about how we can make those big dreams happen. So those are my two signature business coaching programs. Perfect. Amazing. Yeah. So, and I know you were telling me this, this 
program that you're doing right now, what you have guest experts already kind of in mind. Who are some of the guest experts that you're thinking about bringing in? So I'm going to have a book editor from a, a smaller, like a boutique um, publisher, not my, not my editor, um, but somebody's coming and they do their, one of their focuses are business oriented books. So they're going to come talk about like, what do they like to see in a proposal? You know, how to look at like how to map out your information, things like that. You also get access to past guest speakers. So we've had past guest speakers on how to get your first paid speaking engagements. We've had, um, I'll probably bring in like a public relations expert to teach you like how to write a press release. So that way you can like announce things, maybe get some coverage in traditional media. Um, I have somebody who somebody who's already enrolled in the program who plans on doing retreats. So I'll be having a retreat expert. So I really try to keep the guests like I have an idea of who I want to speak, but I will like commit to like a handful of them. And then based on whoever's in the program, I really try to like line up speakers later on who are going to be really speak to the goals and the dreams that my clients have in that program. So your program is really a combination of like working one-on-one -on -one with you and getting the guest experts in whatever area you feel would best benefit your clients. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like to me, it's, you know, I don't think that I'm the only person my clients can learn from. I don't expect to be the only coach they ever invest in. And I wouldn't want that. I don't, I'm not interested in creating codependent relationships with any of my clients. I, I'm always pointing people back to their own wisdom the way I look at it is I'm giving you so many tools, so many resources, so that way you can learn how to do them, like really learn how they work and then make them your own. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's one of the things I really liked about you when we first chatted is you were saying like, I have tools and guidelines and things, but really you, you have to learn to lean on your intuition. Like I was on a call with someone the other day trying to sell something and it was like, everything's done for you. We'll tell you exactly what to do. And I was just like, I don't want that. Like I'm right. I, I'm fairly intuitive and I like to lean on my intuition. Right. And so I think that's so cool that you really honor that and honor that in people. Yeah. I like to say that you got to learn the rules. So like learn the rules. So that way you can break them. That's like really it. Like you got to figure out how it works um, and how you can like tap into it and like see the results from doing it like the traditional way. But then you got to, you got to do it yourself. If you're not having fun running your business, then what's the point, right? Like that's the whole reason we got out of traditional careers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like we go from a career where someone's telling us what to do, jumping into like a coaching relationship where we're trying to get them to tell us what to do. It's like, right. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like a lot of times these people, like, I'm not going to, I won't talk shit and I won't name names, but it's like a lot of coaches and program, a lot of coaches and group programs will be like, here's the formula. And they'll say whatever, they want on the group call, but like, then you get, then they give you a formula. And if it doesn't work for you, their answer is basically like, well, have you tried doing it even harder? And like, like, have you tried doing it faster and harder? Like, basically that's it. And it's like, uh, what? Like, I don't first, maybe I don't enjoy it, or maybe this isn't really working with my audience, or maybe this doesn't really 
work with the kind of clients I like to work with. You know, I had somebody who was in one of these programs where they're like, we build a funnel for you. We help you identify your ideal client and narrow it down and then we'll build the funnel. And she ended up, she actually ended up getting kicked out of the program because she kept being like, I don't like, you're trying to make me like zero in on a very simple message. And like, that's not like what I do isn't really simple. It's like multifaceted and blah, blah, blah. And basically they were like, you're being difficult. Bye. And so then I was like, okay, let's take, you know, and this is somebody that, you know, I've coached before, you know, but she, and I was happy to do this. I knew she was doing the other program because she was like, I just want someone to do like build a funnel for me. So that way I don't have to worry about it. And I was like, all right. And it was one of these things where I was like, she's going to come back. Like, it's not going to like, this isn't, I, I like knew who it was and I knew the stuff, not because I know them personally, but I was familiar with their methods. And I was like, that's not going to work out for her. And then we took an hour, we sat down and I had a completely different approach. that was totally customized that where I asked her things like, you know, you know, how have your client, like, how do you love to show up? And how do you love to serve clients? How do you love to meet people? What are your favorite platforms? Like, what do you naturally enjoy? Like when you envision like having your ideal business, how are you spending your time? We start there. And then I also ask, uh, was also asking her, think about your favorite clients. How did they find you? What was the process from them discovering you to becoming a client? And from there, we created something that was totally customized. And it wasn't much of a like traditional funnel, right? I was like, you're selling high ticket. Nobody's going to buy off a sales page. Like if you're selling something that's over like $1,000, nobody's just going to drop money on it without thinking, really. Honestly, unless like you're somebody who's like, massive following. You've been at this for years. Like you are well known. You've got like a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Like unless you are at that level, like nobody's just going to like drop money on you from a sales page. If it's over, like I would even say like $900. And so I was like, okay, real talk. You're going to have to do sales calls. Cause at first she was like, I don't want to do any sales calls. I want people to just buy from me. And I was like, well, let me ask you, do you not like sales calls or do you not like sales calls with people who don't want to invest in you? Like, do you not like sales calls with people who are cheap or people who like, you know, don't get it or like they're hesitant, right? Because that just means it's a screening issue. It doesn't mean that you don't look like your favorite clients. Did you have a sales call with them? Did you love them? And she was like, oh yeah, I love them. Like, okay, well that's, <laughs> that's the whole point. That's what we're going to do. And so there's no, she has no sales page. So she doesn't have to write anything there. She just gets to like use her two favorite social media platforms and speak to certain points and, you know, make connections with people. And like, that's that. Cause she was like, I don't want to do, I don't want a Facebook group. I don't want this. I don't want that. So it's like, we have to find the combination between what she enjoys doing and what she loved versus how her favorite clients find her. Whereas this other program was like, here's the formula. We're going to boil it down to this. And then we're going to build everything around this for you. And you're just going to have to like run it through this kind of way. And that doesn't really work for the audience that she has. And that's also not how people were going to buy from her. You know, maybe if it had been something low ticket, that's great. You know, but it's also like my big thing is go after the big fish first. Get yourself some income stability. And then you can then you don't have any pressure to worry about the the cheaper things like that. You don't have to sell tons of them. You can 
enjoy taking the time to build them up. Like I say, if you're going to create something, get paid to create it. Mm, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause it's true. Right. Like, and a lot of people do think, well, I have to have it all ready. I have to have it all created. I have to know exactly what I'm going to do. And I definitely think there's a level of, you want to know what you're talking about when you're mm-hmm. on sales. So you want to know what you're going to offer, but also be honest like you said to me too, like be honest, like that's the first time I'm doing it. Is everything already done for done and created and all, all in my program? No, but like you said, sometimes that's good because then you can really tailor it to what people need. And I think that's important. Like sometimes I know I've been in pro I've gotten into programs where it's already like done for, and it's like some of it may be helped, but then there's no wiggle room. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, now what? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like to you- think of stuff as like, it's gotta be like living and breathing, you know, you know, your offers and your courses and things like, I don't want things to get stale. I want them to like stay relevant. Right. Like if I, like I just recently took down, um, took down like a video I used to sell for like 30 bucks as like, you know, it was like called my aligned sales or something. It was like aligned sales sales guide or something like that. Not, not a guide. It was like, a workshop where I was going over like how to basically tackle Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest like together essentially. And like how to do a sales call and things like that, except my methods have totally changed since then. And the platforms have changed since then. So I was like, I'm taking it down. I don't want to sell this anymore. And I'll probably do another workshop. Like I, but if I'm going to re-record it, I'm going to sell the workshop as like a, as a workshop first. And then I'm going to get paid to create that like low ticket offer. You know, it's the same thing with courses. I mean, until you're, until you're famous, until you're like Gabby Bernstein or, you know, Marie Forleo or somebody who's got the reputation where people are just automatically going to trust you and trust the results. Like, you know, eh, like keep, like let your stuff evolve, let your stuff evolve and just, you know, don't create something without being paid to do it. Right. Like you wouldn't do a ton of free work at your job before get like for a company before getting hired. Right. So why would you do the same with like your clients? Right. And keep hearing trust, like trust, trust, trust. So important. Like big Gabby Bernstein or Marie Forleo, because they have, done things in the background and put in the time and put in the to build their brand and to build their name recognition and so like you said you can't just build a sales page and expect people to know who you are and to trust you and i think you used the analogy that i really liked was like you don't just meet someone and then jump into bed with them all (laughs) like right ask them to marry you because you can't meet someone and jump into bed with them so You're right. I like said it. I'm like, like do that. I don't. I wouldn't do that. But people do that. That's okay. No judgment. Like you know, in my younger days, like but no two of them. But like generally, yeah, you don't meet someone at a bar and ask them to marry you, right? Ask like you, yeah. married in a sense of commit, right? Because it's right. a commitment, and like that's what I realized too. Like asking someone to like join a 12 week course, that's a commitment, not just on their money, but on their time. And, oh yeah, yeah. You know, if you're trying to plan out the next three three months, you have stuff going on. You have to really know that. Oh wait, I actually want to know: Am I going to be able to show up for this and do that? And having that trust in the person—that's that's a key piece, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You want to like get to know them first, you know, take them to dinner a couple times. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
It's the no like and trust. I know I've heard exactly. That. Yeah, everybody says it. Everybody says it, and like you know, they make it set like people make it more complex than it is, right? Like it's just that knowing they just have to like literally know who you are. Oh yeah, I know her. I used to work with her. Or like oh, I follow her on Instagram. Yeah, her name is familiar, right? Like is just like they chuckle or they enjoy your perspective or whatever. It's just like they enjoy the things you talk about or that you write about or whatever. And then like, you know, trust is where it's just because you can have two and not all three, mm -hmm. but it requires all three to get the purchase. And trust is just like, is this somebody that like, you know, like, do I do I have an issue with their character? Do I think that they're not in integrity or something like that? And yeah, it's not it doesn't it's not a complex thing. If you're showing up authentically online, if you're just kind of like being yourself, you're going to hit those factors. There's somebody out there for everybody. Like there's, there are billions of people on this planet. You've got plenty of clients out there. Um, you just like, as long as you are showing up as you and talking about things that you know about and also being willing to say, I don't know about certain things. Um, nobody expects you to have all the answers. So you'll find your right. You'll find your people that way. Yeah. I love that. Okay, you want to talk about your human design? Yes, I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> okay, so for those of you watching, Jessie is a projector. I know she knows this. I know she has learned already a little bit about human design, so I'm just going to give my unique perspective on it. Um, projector, you're also an emotional authority. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I know. Um, yeah, I'm curious, though, to ask you, do you know what your wave is like? There's different waves for the emotional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you know wait, is? is that wait? What do you mean? Do I know what my wave is? Oh, like, OK. So I on I didn't write it down. It's just coming to me now. So I will uh, I'll go back and do the research. But there actually you might be the same as me. OK, it's the same as me. Okay. Um, so that was perfect. Uh, the uh, my emotional wave is kind of like it like. It, how do I, how do I explain it? I can see the image. It's like we go up, then go down, and then go up and go down, but like going. Oh, up, but it's an upward trajectory. Upward trajectory, ah. and then but sometimes it's like a crash too before the okay. clarity happens. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Like yes. Oh my god, that's exactly how how things always go for me. I, like like for example, the other day I was trying to make a decision about something um, like the, this other course that I was telling you about that someone was pitching to me and it was like the whole call I was like, oh yeah, I like that. Oh no, I don't like that. Oh yeah, I like that. Oh, no. And I was like just going up until I was just like, I can't make a decision right now. I had to like leave the call. I had to go sip on myself. And like that was kind of like my crash moment. Yeah. And then the clarity came. So that's kind of like, I can't remember the word. It's like a wave, but it it's like a wave. This sounds vaguely familiar. So I may have read about this at some point. I'm not like a human design expert, but you know, I've like read bits and pieces in different places. So, but that sounds familiar. Like, I think I remember the picture as well, like other wave pictures, but yeah, that's all, that's always been how it goes for me. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So we have that in common. That's interesting. Yeah, because I was having trouble. I was when I saw first saw it, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But lately, like it's becoming really apparent to me that I do need to go through kind of like cycles before I make a decision. Like it's not always clear. And so having people, that was another thing that came up. Like having people who allow that, who allow you that space and that time is so important instead of Oh my gosh, yeah. 
like some people are uh, splenic or not splenic, um, the sacral projectors, right? And that's a very what? yes or no energy. I thought that I thought that you can have sacral as a projector. I thought that's like no. that's the define. Okay, I was gonna say. Sorry, did I say that? you said sacral? Do you mean splenic? You can be a splenic projector. Yes, my boyfriend's actually a splenic projector. You can be a sacral authority if you're not a projector, though. Right, right, right. Like okay, a generator yeah. who has that divine okay. sacral energy. They yeah. So be. So I like, got confused. Clearly, okay. No, yeah. sorry, I'm mixing up all the words. There's a lot of P's. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. P's and S's. Um, for me though, because I have the divine solar plexus, I'm an emotional authority. But mm -hmm. because I'm a generator, I also have the divine sacral center, so I can yes. also tap into that sacral authority as well. Right. It's like my sister is a generator who has emotional authority. And for her, it's like, she basically like, a lot of times she'll know right away in her body that it's a, it's a fuck yes or a fuck no, but she waits to see if it changes basically. So it's like, that's how she kind of, how kind of uses hers is that she like, I think I know right now, but I'm going to sit with it and see if it, if it changes at all. Sometimes it does. Um, but a lot of times she, she knows in the beginning. So, yeah. And I think that's fair. Some people do, some people just know in the instant. And the only reason they maybe don't jump on it is because they know that sometimes their ego gets in the way. It's like yeah, that, that exactly. Intuitive nudge. And then after the ego, if you allow it to be louder, can sometimes mm -hmm. overpower that. Right. But for right. emotional authorities, you got to sit with it. You yeah. got to let it. I always say I need to sleep on a decision. So like I, I always respect people on sales calls who are like, can I think about it? I'm like, absolutely. Let's get on a call tomorrow, next week, like take time, think about it. Then we'll talk. And even if it's a no and you just come back and want to say hello and tell me no and all of that, that's fine. But at least you get some time to like sit with it. I get that because that's how I make decisions and I also always say, always go to bed angry. <laughs> like when you're fighting with your partner, I say, always go to bed angry because you will wake up feel feeling like you'll have a lot more clarity and you won't be as reactive. When you both have a full night of sleep, even if one of you is on the couch, you'll feel a lot better the next day. Oh my God, I love that you said that because <laughs> I, for my whole life here, never go to bed angry, never go to nah. bed angry and like, that used to more affect me now in my relationship now i don't really but hearing you say it, it's like it's true sometimes i go to bed angry. <laughs> no i say always literally always because a lot of times if you're at the point where it's like you're fighting at night you're just you're both tired and you're both stressed so it's not going to benefit you to try and hash it out and get to a solution then you might as well go to sleep and then wake up the next day and be like i was being an asshole yesterday and then that person's like, I was too. Okay, now let's talk it out. So yeah, you always do better with a with a good few hours of sleep. So true. And and like honestly, Abraham Hicks says that for things too. And I would say even making decisions in your business. If you mm -hmm. need to go to bed in confusion or if you feel like you've overthought something, like take a nap. That's what Abraham Hicks says. Take a nap <laughs> or like go to bed and go to sleep and see what what comes up in the morning and like start fresh kind of idea. big time. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just read some kind of um, like news article where it's like, there's a new scientific finding that um, people, 
it's like after, I want to say it's like after 8 p.m., it's like 8 p.m. or 9 p.m., they said people li are literally more prone to depression at that time. And it's like, because you're fucking tired, obviously, that's what it is. So, um, but I just found that so interesting because I think it really supports that idea that it's like, you know, just go to sleep and you'll have more clarity in the, ne the next day. Oh, good, good point. Okay, so right away, what jumped out at me when I looked at your chart is your, uh, in human design, they call it the ego or the will center. Mm -hmm. To me, it's like the heart center. So I see it as this like shiny green heart that you have. It's like fully defined. You have three circuits coming out of it. So it's like, mm -hmm. this is like your like shining, <laughs> your like shiny heart space that you have. Mm -hmm. um, and so... I wanted to dive into that because first of all, you and I have a channel in common. The 4037 is my channel too. It's also conscious. So it's like a conscious channel mm -hmm. and it's the channel of harmony. So I, I talked a little bit about it in the live. I know some of you caught that, um, but it, to me, it's really, it's a tribal, a tribal circuit. And it's mm -hmm. really about like creating harmony in our tribe and I totally see that with you with the, the, mm -hmm. group, coach, the, the group coaching. It's like yeah. feeling into that group tribal energy and just seeing like where it is that there needs to be some smoothing out is how I see it, right? Like, oh, yeah, out of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've always been like good with like, I'm always that person and like, uh, like at like, say like a group dinner or something. I'm always the person who's like involving the quiet person or the person who's not involved in the conversation. I'm always like, well, what do you think about this? Like, I'll ask a question, like not in like a way where they feel pressured, but like I try to make sure everybody's getting incorporated um, together. Like that's just, and it's not like, it's less, it's not mediation because I won't mediate fights between people. Like if I don't, like if I don't have to, but when it comes to like, um, creating a good experience, I would say. I'm really good at like making sure everybody feels involved, nobody feels left out, and everybody's getting their needs addressed. Like that, I'm I, I was like I I managed um, a small team when I was like editor of my student like a section editor for my student newspaper in college. It's like the largest independent student run newspaper in the U.S. And so I had like four writers or so and like the and you know we're all college students it was like 21 21 22 or so mm -hmm. and when i had been a writer like editors didn't give a shit what your the rest of your life looked like you know it was very much like you know all i care about is like here's your assignment is it done on time is it you know have you gotten it done and like is it good right and it was like, I got one of my, got myself one of those big desk calendars. And I told everyone, I was like, you tell me when your tests are, when your essay, your big essays are due, when your anniversaries are with your partners, when you're going back home. Like, I want you to like, give me everything. So I know, and I can work around everybody's schedule, make sure everybody's okay. I don't want anybody failing tests. I don't want anybody stressed out. Like, we're a team and that's how I wanted to do how I want this to be. So like, I've always been like that. I just, I really care to make sure that like everybody feels like, you know, appreciated and you know, that they, and that they feel like they can count on each other and me. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that from you for sure. It's like, 
in the group coaching setting too. It's like, okay, your turn. Okay. Your turn. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? And everyone gets their, their time. Right. So, yeah. So that's helped me really understand too. My chart, my, my channel is like, this is also something I want to do because I, I, I value one-on-one coaching. Like I know it's helped me and I've never, not never, but I've been one of those people that like joins group programs or, or is, and just kind of like sits in the background and doesn't mm-hmm. much, but I th- I see the value now from working with you of like having those smaller groups where everybody gets a say. And so mm-hmm. they get the one-on-one time, but then they can also get that group and like hear it. So I, I love that. I love that. Exactly. Group. Yeah. That's why I cap my group programs. I don't know if I'll ever be one of those people who does like a group program with 80 something people in it. That's just like not my vibe. Like I like to be able to connect with people. And so like practical magic is always capped at 10. If there were a time when it was like one or two people were interested, I'd like ask the main group, you know, okay, you guys are already here. You have priority. Can we bring Do you want to bring in more people? Or if I did like, and if they said yes, I'd, I'd probably add a second group call. So nobody felt like they had a time limit, right? Like that's just something that matters a lot to me is that everybody gets that experience of getting coaching. I've been in so many group programs where it's like, they spend an hour, like 30 minutes talking at you, or it's like, it takes like five hours to get through a call because there's so many freaking people in it, right? Like, or they have to set a timer. It'll be like, okay, who's got questions? All right, two minutes on the clock. And like, if you're not, if you don't get your question in, in the hour, then you're shit out of luck. Mm-hmm. And then people like me will be like, well, I'll let everybody go ahead. And exactly. Yeah. I know they have important questions they want to ask. Right. Right. Yeah. To me, it's like if you're if it's going to be passive like that, like just take a course, like uh, buy the course. Don't join the program. You know, like I, I like to work with people who want to be involved. It's who want to take action and talk and be engaged. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's not for being forced to do that, but putting myself in the situations where it's like inevitable that it's going to happen has really helped. Right. It really helps people like kind of like come out because there's this like level, if you can get stuck in the ego story of like, nobody wants to hear what I have to say, or people aren't going to understand me, then you're never going to speak out and you're never going to be able to share what you do. And how are people going to know, like, and trust you? Mm -hmm. You don't show them who you are. Exactly. Um, so you have two tribal circuits actually. So that was the one you and I have in common. Then you have this one called, uh, it's called sales. I've seen it called sales and presentation. I have been looking for like a better way to describe it, but basically it's this ability to like present is how I'm hearing it. It's just like to be able to just present things and share things. And it's the, it's that heart, what I was saying, right. The, the heart to me is the the green part of the heart. There's two levels to the heart. There's like green and pink, which is like, there are different kinds of love, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that green value center is what I call it. The value center connecting to the splenic center, which is the center mm-hmm. of like instinct. Right. And that connects that value of like using your instinct to share who you are, to sell you, to value yourself. Right. Um, and helping people to like move through those, those fears that can really hold themselves back from sharing who they are. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think I have that. Definitely. I mean, you know, I don't know if it comes from like having like 
the majority of my life feeling like I was a misunderstood person or like I people didn't get me um, growing up. But now it's like, you know, I'm, I've always been really good at explaining things in a way that everybody understands, like communicating that. And I've always been really good at like holding space and letting people feel like welcome to share. It's funny because like, you know, I, uh, I just finished watching like the Kanye West documentary genius. And like, I was a huge Kanye West fan for a long time. I got my youngest brother turned on to him. He's a way bigger Kanye West fan than I am. And then like, you know, Kanye started acting insane, like more insane than normal. Right. Um, with like the, the politics stuff, like with the Trump stuff and all of that. And like, I got like, so I was like pissed. I was like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Like, I can't like, that's it. I'm done. I'm not listening to your stuff right now. I need a break. Like we're on a break, even though he has no idea. Right. I'm like, we're on a break. <laughs> um, and then I watched this documentary and I won't get into the whole thing, but in the last one, they're really examining what's happened. Um, like basically like what happened after he became famous, like once he's like massively discovered and like, you know, they talk about like, they spent a good amount of time, like, you know, the, the film creator spent, who was like a, you know, a friend from when they were like, he was like met Kanye when Kanye was 19 and he was like 24. And so he's like recording him now. And it just occurred to me like how unwell Kanye is. And I was like, he's not like clearly doesn't think clearly he's got bipolar disorder. And it's like, you know, we, I was just like watching this and I was like, dude, like he is, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of money and he's got a lot of people who just say yes. And nobody, everybody's afraid to say something to him. And it's like, he hasn't had somebody like that in his life since his mom died to basically be like, slow down, think about how you're coming across. What's the end goal here. Right. And so I was like, hashtag manifest it. I'm going to, I'm going to manifest Kanye West as a client one day. Like I'm going to, I was like, I could help him. Like I could help him be more effective with like what it is he really wants to be doing. Like that man does not want to be president. Okay. He doesn't want it. That's like an ego trapping. Okay. So, but I'm like, you know, and my youngest brother was like, when I said this to him, I was like, he needs me as his life coach. And my youngest brother was like, you would be perfect for him. He was like, you are genuinely the least judgmental person I've ever met. And I, and I try to be that way. I'm not saying I'm always judgment free, you know, but I'm definitely, I definitely don't show it um, <laughs> if I ever am, but I just try to make everybody feel welcome and nobody feel like there's something wrong or shameful about them. Like I, that's, that's to me, like what, what's required to create a safe space. Yeah. Did you know Kanye is a projector? What? Yeah, he is. I'm very surprised by that. I would have sworn he was an MG. That's crazy to me. Yeah, he's a projector. He's a he's a splenic projector too, I think. Oh, yeah. that explains a lot to me. Yeah. And so when you said like he wants to become president, it's not really surprising to me because a lot of presidents are have been projectors. Like, yeah. I don't right. know if you caught day five of it when I talk about the projectors, but like John F. Kennedy was a projector, Barack Obama was a projector. Obama, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that's lots that's of projectors. Yeah. It's like, I get why he that's appealing to him, but I don't think that's like the most effective role for him to like accomplish what he wants to accomplish. But you know, that's a separate rant that I'll save for him once we meet. 
<laughs> but it's interesting. But I like this point because you were talking about this the other day. And it's like sometimes we think we need to be in a role mm -hmm. to get where we want to go. Or sometimes we need to think yeah. we should be doing something in order to make those like, you know, some big dreams happen. And Sometimes we need to be told that yeah. that's not necessarily like you're just putting that should on right. it. Right? Or it's like not your authentic way of accomplishing things or like, you know, whatever. It's like, uh, you know, people, it's like people like, um, you know, let me think of a good example for this. Um, a lot of people think that they like want to be on TV or they want to write a book. Right. You know, it's like those are two big ones. And not everybody's great thinking on their feet. So if you're not great, if you don't enjoy thinking on your feet, why would you want to do TV stuff? Right? Like, why would you want to do that? Like, until you've had some training and you've gotten comfortable, like, why are you going to put set yourself up for that right now? You know, and then or like with the book, if you're not an avid reader, like you've never been huge on books, you don't have to do shit. Like, you don't have to write a book. Mm -hmm. who says right and it's like it doesn't mean that you can never do it it's just probably not going to be your first step right it's like I'm working on my book right now like I've got a book deal and it's like I've been wanting to do paid guest speaking opportunities and all of that but it's like I am one person and I've got 24 hours in a day just like everybody else and I'm going to spend a good 10 of them either like sleeping or resting right like big time, at least 10 to 12. So I'm spending half of them unconscious or unplugged. So it's like, I just had to be like, okay with the fact that I'm not going to pursue, pursue speaking engagements unless they fall into my lap. I'm just not going to look at them, even though I'm a great speaker, I'm just not going to do it until this book is, uh, is off my desk, basically. Because it's just, I can't do it. So why bother? You know, same thing with courses. Same thing with a podcast, same thing with everything else. Right now, it's like all I give a shit about are like my these two signature programs, my one-on-one -on -one work, like my little monthly workshops that I do. It's like that's that's the crux of what I've got the capability to focus on. And then my book, like the rest will figure itself out. Like I don't need to do it all right now. You don't have to be like you can't be goop if you've never been discovered, right? Like if you're sitting in your home trying to plan out goop and nobody knows who the fuck you are, why would anybody go to your website, like your new goop website, right? Do you know what I'm saying? Like you have to first get the reputation. You have to first get out there. And like there's only, like you're going to get out there in like one way, right? Like you don't have to have everything built before you get there. You don't have to do it on every like from every single angle. I think that that's what I see a lot of entrepreneurs like make mistakes on is that they're like, okay, I got to be on like Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and I have to have a blog and I have to have a YouTube channel and I have to have this, like everything needs to be repurposed right from the get go. Like I see that. And I'll also see people like, I'm going to record everything for this course and I'm going to sell this course. And I'm also going to have the upsell for this. And I'm also going to do this. And I'm also going to do this. And I'm also going to do this. And it's like, you aren't getting anywhere because your intentions are split. Like even that's like where it's like part one of the three point formula, align your intentions. It's like when your intentions are like spread over way too many things, nothing has enough manifestation juice to actually succeed. 
And I'm not saying that like you have to throw the rest out. I say, just take it one at a time, get one running really super fucking well and then move and then incorporate the next thing. Yes. And that's one of the things I want to like, that's what I've been talking about in this program that I'm creating. That's what I want to help people do is like, get that one thing going, get that one thing that, and whatever that is that you feel like it is right now, because you know, intuitively, you know what that thing Mm -hmm. is, you know what it is that you want to do. I knew intuitively I wanted to launch something. I knew I want, maybe I didn't have all the details and that's something people get hung up is they're like, well, I don't know all the details. So maybe I'll put that, like, I won't worry about it. But like, that's just the first step is getting clear. This is what I'm going to spend my next 90 days on. This is where I'm going to put my energy Mm -hmm. and time and attention because those are valuable. Like Jesse keeps saying, like, it's valuable to, and then put, allow that to like get the manifestation energy going, allow it the time to manifest. Yeah. To like get it working. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's how you got to do it. You got to like, you don't have to be everywhere at once. You don't have to go after all your goals at once. You don't have to go after all your dreams at once. You can take it there. Like, you know, and maybe you have like, you ha- you've got the energy to go after like, three things at a time. That's okay too, right? Like plenty of MGs like are comfortable going after multiple things at once. And I never tell them, oh, you can't do that. But if you don't have, if those three things aren't performing really well and like almost on autopilot, then you got to scale it back. Okay. Like that's the thing. It's like, I've got, I, I have a lot of pans in the fire, but that's because I took it bit by bit by bit by bit. Like, okay, I've, I seem to have this down really well. Now it's time to add something else, right? Like it's a, you got to think of it as a process. If you, if you're, let me put it this way too. If your process right now for whether it's client attraction or sales or finding speaking gigs or getting on podcasts, if it's not a process that you could outsource to somebody else, meaning like you're at a, like, you know, okay, I've got tons of money and I don't have as much time. Let me bring on um, a virtual assistant or a social media manager or somebody like that. If you weren't able to be like, here's how I onboard a client or like, here's my, here's what I do. Here's how I find my clients. Like if you couldn't record a video to show exactly the process for them to replicate it for you, you don't have it on lock. If it's if it's different every time, you do not have it on lock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, and that that's okay because you're still yeah. that to me is like you're still figuring it out for yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, that's you don't okay. have to. Right, yeah. everything happens with divine timing. I'm just saying, like, there's no rush. There's yeah. no rush. Exactly. Like you, we literally, I know it doesn't feel that way, but we have all the time in the world. And especially like if you have a job and you don't, and you're trying to like get your business up and running, you for sure do not have time to go after all the things at once. Go after what's most fun. Like start, honestly, is it fun? That's all you have to know. Is this fun for me? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if like everybody and their mother has their own Facebook group. If it's not fun for you, then you're not going to have a Facebook group. Don't do it because you're just going to have resentment and you're just going to have weird energy every time you try to fiddle with it or do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You want to have fun mm-hmm. and that, let that be like the driving force behind it for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, so you have two individual circuits. So one of them is also coming of, out of that heart center. And this is channel 2551. And it's called the channel of initiation. It's also mm -hmm. the two gates are spirituality and shock. And so what I say is this is like you use shock shock the shock factor is what i call it the like the wow factor to spark people back into like their spiritual nature if that makes sense oh that is funny that's really funny like in my birth chart there's a thing in there that says like the first time i ever read my birth chart this was the one thing that stuck out at me that where i was like astrology is real um it said enjoy saying shocking things <laughs> Like, that's it. Yes, me. I was like, I do. I love saying shocking things. Yeah, it's like because some people can kind of like fall asleep because they're mm -hmm. too like drowned out by their ego. So it kind of like puts them into a state of like how I see it is like they're like lulled, you know, mm -hmm. like they, they don't like always what their ego is telling them. So it like puts them in. But when people say certain like shocking things are like that's why sometimes controversial things can have an appeal is because it like snaps people back oh i love controversy love attention. it yeah yeah i'm one of those people i've always said like i very much feel like any publicity is still publicity like even bad publicity still publicity um i think that's why i'm so comfortable being an open book because i don't i don't care how people receive it yeah which maybe Actually, is also why you like kanye a little bit because oh 100 percent. yes exactly <laughs> it's like i get it it's like you know, I, I do think he is mentally unwell and like needs some help there. Like it's like, you know, the problem is that he's a person with bipolar who's got like a, like way too much money and staff at his disposal and nobody like nobody's acting as a filter, but yeah, I, I've always loved controversial figures and things like that. Like always, I've always been fascinated by it. I actually have something on my desk that I wrote out. This is, this I got from, Dr. Carolyn Elliott, who's the founder of like Witch Magazine. And she's got like a few different like intro witchcraft courses that are really fun and I love them. So, you know, I, I, I absolutely love her. She's got a book called Existential Kink. That's like one of the best shadow work books, if not the best shadow work book I've ever read. It's my fa absolute favorite thing. But she talks about how like if you, when you have a really potent medicine to give the world, a lot of people are going to assume it's poison. Like that is, that is the truth. And like, if you are somebody who knows that about yourself and I've always been one of the, always been that, I mean, we'll probably get into it, but I got a five, one profile. Like a lot of people like think I'm one way and I'm totally not like they see me as the answer to everything. And then I'm actually like, you know, not that like they, they'll put me, in a savior role or a position of like the person who has all the answers and then I refuse to give them what they want, right? So it's like, I, I had a lot of issues like that in traditional employment. And so you can naturally hold yourself back if you know on some level, you're gonna have haters. You're gonna have haters. And it's like, even though I'll sit here and say, oh, I don't care about that. I don't care what people think. I love being shocking. On some level, no, you're still afraid to do that. So I wrote this out. This is like, comes from, I can't remember where I got. I don't remember if it was existential kink or some like one, something else, a social media post, whatever. But I wrote out these three bullet points that she has. And I literally just wrote them on a piece of paper and it's on my altar. And it says, may I be blamed and seen as the source of all wrongs.
May I receive the poison and resentment of all beings. May I take in the hatred of the world. And it's like a meditation, like she teaches it. Oh, that's what it is. She teaches it like a meditation where it's like you become so willing to like feel all of the bullshit that people project onto you. You almost get to see yourself as somebody who's like got the superpower to experience everything and to take on the hate for the people who are very much like you and don't have that capacity or they're not comfortable being seen in that way or being attacked. And so you are deciding to take it all on as a shield for all of those people, right? And so that was just something where I just, just by seeing it every day, it was a constant reminder that like, I, I need to be willing to like, let my medicine be so potent that some people try to say that it's poison. And I need to be like willing to really like, take on all of their hatred and do all of that. Like it, it honestly like shifted my perspective so much. Um, and it was like integral to that, to my evolution. What that made me like, wow, first of all, that's, that gave me a lot to think about. What I first thought about was the psychic that we were, we had on yesterday and mm -hmm. she said, people are going, some people are going to hate what you have to say. Some people are not going to like the the message that you have to share sometimes. Mm -hmm. And the the important part is the more you like, the more you give yourself evidence of why you do it mm -hmm. and how it helps people and, and that, and you can stand in your confidence that that is the most important. You won't get swept up in like the wave of these people. Right. Well, either weren't either ready or maybe they needed to hear it. Like she gave an example yesterday of a woman where she told her something and she was like, this is bullshit basically. And yes. like stormed out and she's all mad. And then next time she saw her, she came back and she was like, you're right. What do you have to tell me now? Yeah. <laughs> like she mm -hmm. was so like unhappy with it, but then realized, and I've had situations like that too, where I've told people things. And then later it came, they came back to me and they're like, wow, I wasn't, I didn't really want to hear that, but it, it made sense after, after the fact where it helped. And so those moments can be difficult in them, but after it always, you know, if you just trust that there's a reason for things and you'll be safe no matter what, then we can kind of like, you can move through it. If that makes sense. Absolutely. What's the, the funniest part about it is that like, when you embrace that risk, when you're like, yeah, come for me. Yes. Come for me. Hate me. Like expose me. I want it. Cancel me. I dare you. When all of a sudden you have that mindset where you're just like, yeah, I don't care if it happens, whatever. It doesn't show up. Like, <laughs> like it just like people don't want to say anything. It's really hard to like cancel somebody who's like, yeah, that was wrong. You're right. That was fucked up. Thank you for calling me out. Like when you agree with people, they don't like, that's it. Like there's no controversy there. So, you know, it's like, like the example I use is like fat. That was a word I, oh, I used to hate. I used to like be so offended if anybody was going to like call me fat or anything. And I used to think like, oh, I love my body. I'm over it. Right. But if somebody had called me fat instead of like plus size or curvy or be, like whatever voluptuous, like if it wasn't described like that would still, it still like had a sting. 
And it took me literally, and it's just a word, right? No different than like tall or short. Like it's literally just that fat, skinny. It doesn't matter. It's like literally just a regular description with a neutral meaning. And I had to start calling myself fat, not fat, but fat, but I'm pretty fat, but I'm this. I just started calling myself fat and fat and I'm beautiful, fat and I'm successful, fat and this. And it was when I decided to start calling myself that and like using that word and getting to a point of neutrality and not correcting people either. When I would say like, I'm fat and they're like, you're not fat. You're and I'd be like, no, I am fat. And it doesn't bother me. I am fat. And when I like decided to start doing that, it took all the sting out of the word. So like when and now, like if I ever have, which I haven't had in like, you know, probably a solid year, somebody comment on a post of mine saying like you're fat or you need to lose weight or whatever. I would be like, yeah, I know I'm fat. And like it's hard to go anywhere from there as a hater. It's like, yeah, I know. I am fat. Thanks for like pointing me, pointing it out. I'm also short. Like <laughs> anything else you want to, you want to talk about Captain Obvious? Like, <laughs> I don't care. It's like, that's the power of like, when you are just like fully willing to like be like, you know, crucified, canceled, whatever it is. Like there's a lot of power that comes with that. Yeah. It's because I think a lot of people here in this group, like, are very intuitive. And like, even when I asked the question yesterday to the psychic, like, what's this like to me, psychic maybe has the term that I'm like scared of because there's so mm -hmm. many negative connotations with this idea of being mm -hmm. like psychic, but it's more, it's like, but yeah, once you just, and she, she talked about this too, like going on the road and being psychic and like how her brother just like refused to tell anybody. But when she was like, that's what I am. That's what I, you know, that's what I do. That's how I see myself. Then other people, what, like you said, what are they going to do? Right? Like, like nobody else can tell you what you are, who you are. You decide that. Yeah. So, um, cause so this like gate 43, you have gate 43, which is like the gate of insight. And so I think one of the reasons why I asked her that is because I often see, I, I know a lot of people have this gate. Gate 43 is like, it's the gate of insight. All the gates within the third eye with that, um, that Anja center in, mm -hmm. in human design, they all have like a very intuitive quality to them. You know, they're all like in the mind and like mm -hmm. this being right. Inspiration comes down and you see, um, but this gate, is like gate 43 is like seeing into things and the fact that like you're a projector and you have this because you have the penetrative aura plus this gate 43 so like I asked it on projector today I'm like does every projector have gate 43 because it's just <laughs> like <laughs> just like I'm seeing it everywhere and I think mm -hmm. it's just like I've been attracting people with this gate and like because it's something that I've really like wanted to develop in myself and mm -hmm. so I think the point I'm just trying to make is like if there's an energy that you want to embody or maybe you're meant to be here to embody that you maybe don't necessarily have the gate you can attract the people around you and like tap into their energy with that and so like you have one of the, you have that gate 43 which is just like it's being able to see into things and like see through things and so 
I just think it's interesting that they, they keep showing me that. They're like, look, this person has gay 43 and this person has gay 43. That is so cool. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's similar to like, I believe if in your birth chart, like you don't have a lot of like one sign or one house or something, you naturally tend to attract those people into your life because it's your like your way of seeking balance because you don't have a lot of that energy. So you'll naturally like bring them in like, Almost all of my best friends over my entire life have all been Torians, all of them. And it's like so funny to me. And it's because I need that like earthy ground, like that earthy energy. I'm very much like water and air. So yeah, I always attract Torians. You're a Pisces sun, Pisces moon. And what was your rising again? Gemini rising. Gemini Not rising. surprising. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. So then on the flip side of that, what I wanted to say is like knowing that you have certain gates, like, you know, you have gate 43 mm -hmm. and remind yourself that this is actually an energy you bring to other people that you bring to your clients to help them see insight, even if they, you know, it's not always clear in the moment, like just knowing that's what helps. That's why I love human design. That's why learning about your human design is so important. Knowing where your like skills and your energy are and like building confidence mm -hmm. in that, like, yes, I have that. And that's just like, that helps you bring that to your, your interactions. Oh yeah. So Lots you don't have to tell people like, I'm going to help you see into things and give you insight. Your energy is there just like feeding into the interaction. Yeah. Yeah. People always have aha moments when they're talking with me or we're getting to get into things. And sometimes it's really funny, like what people discover about themselves when I'm coaching them. Um, one time it was like, and I can just tell when we've gotten there or not. Like it's, it's so funny. Like one time I was, I was coaching this client through basically like, why are you afraid of like success essentially, which like we all are to some extent. If you're afraid of failure, you're probably also afraid of success. And so we're trying, I'm like pushing her and pushing her. Cause you know, she's also like, she's got deep background in psychology. She's also a coach. So like, obviously it's like, we all think that we know everything. And I'm like, so she's like analyzing herself and I'm like, that's not it deeper. Like, no, what else, what else, what else, what else? And finally she gets to this point and she goes, I know that if I'm successful, I'm going to have to travel on an airplane and I'm afraid of flying. Wow. And I was like, yeah, bitch. I'm like, yeah, something so basic. Like you're, and she was like, holy shit. Like I am afraid of this because I don't want to be on an airplane. Like that's so silly. Like I can't believe that that was there. And I'm like, yeah, but now, you know, now, you know, <laughs> Um, it's like, sometimes it can be like the biggest aha moments or little things like that. Right. Like, it's just so wild. It's so funny, but I always know when we're like getting there or not. So this is what I've learned about people like with fear. Um, cause there was a while where I was selling, like, I want to talk to you about this after, after we're done, but there was a while where I was like selling, like, let's like unconscious fear reprogramming. You know, like your greatest fear, you know, your card, your card reading, the greatest mm -hmm. fear one. And I started realizing that people really don't want to talk about that word. They're really like, just, you know, they're like, mm -hmm. no, it's not fear. It's not fear, but something's holding me back. What is it? And, and like, so I realized that when you label it fear or anytime people think it's like some kind of fear is what's holding them back, that can also hold them back because 
We yeah. don't like the idea of fear. And we don't like the idea that we can be afraid, especially like you said, it we can beat ourselves up and be like, that's so stupid. Why would I be afraid of that? Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of reasons. So like no judgment when you have fears like that, because there's literally all kinds of reasons that it could happen. Oh yeah. And so, um, but when you're willing to like, let that go, whatever. And just, there's a problem. I think it's this problem, but it's something else that I'm just not seeing that like gate 43, help them like dig in and get underneath that. That is like, it's so eye-opening, eye-opening. That's my funds today. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And yeah, that's so true. It really is. I mean, like you have to, there's, um, you probably, I don't think you've, you've probably not seen it. Like you guys, like, I don't think Canada has like the same obsession with like football, like American football as we do down here. So there is this TV show, um, down here for years. And it was about like a fan, like a group of friends, like with the, and their fantasy football league. And it's like them taking it to like really like major extremes with like, you know, I think in the first episode, like two of them are lawyers and one of them is a prosecutor and the other one is a defense attorney. And they're literally like negotiating a plea deal and like throwing in like, well, then you can have a first round draft. Like I want this and I want, you know, this pick in the draft. And I want this player on your team, like all of this stuff. It's like the, it's like, it was a comedy, right? But there is this one episode where like one of the main plot lines is that like this guy, like this guy and his best friends, like got mugged in an alley and one of them. And it was like this shameful event that like no one ever spoke of until it like happens. Something similar happens in the episode where he pops a fear boner like he literally, they get mugged and like, he doesn't know why, but he like pops a boner and he's just like terrified with this massive erection. And like the mugger gets really uncomfortable and he's like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) and so I talk about like fear stuff like that, where it's like, no, you have to like, you have to get turned on by it in the sense that like, it's the same reason why we would watch horror movies or why we watch scary movies. Like it's because on some level being afraid is thrilling. Um, I did like one of my, one of the most successful, like month, like workshops I did one time was called fear boner. I called it fear boner, like from that, from that TV show. And, um, it was such a blast. Everybody came in with like a totally different mentality on like how they were going to approach like their fears. And it was so funny. That was like, you know, I think I had like 17 people in that program. I've never had like a workshop with that many people since like, I never cracked 10. And that one had like almost 20 in it. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, that one was really fun. That's so funny. I wonder what people thought going into it. Like, did they all expect what you were going to talk about? Yeah. I mean, I had been like talking about like the idea of a fear boner for like, you know, like a solid like week in my content um, and like why you have to get excited about fear and all of this stuff. So it was like really funny. And everybody walked away with like fear based assignments because it's like I got like with every single person I got like straight to the core of like what their worst fear was. And so a lot of like some people were like, you know, and I gave them all homework that I said, you'll know it's the right medicine if like you would legitimately consider like pulling off one of your fingernails instead of doing it. Like that's how you know, because the whole thing was like, I'm going to help you figure out 
how you can live through a version of your greatest fear like before you get there, because you will always manifest some bullshit in your life. Like whatever you're afraid of, if you don't confront it, you will manifest a situation that forces you to live through it because that's part of like your growth cycle is that you have to learn how to not let it hold you back. So the more you push it away, the greater the likelihood is that it's going to happen anyway. So this was like, we're fear boner. We're going straight at it. We're going to get turned on by how cringeworthy all of our fears are. Um, so one person, it was like, you know, one person, um, her fear was like literally around like being a burden or like people like asking for things from people. And so like, or like being seen as a spoiled brat. And so her homework was like, you have to go, whether they do it or not, doesn't matter. You literally have to go ask your parents or like one of your family members to buy you. Cause she had this, uh, her eyes on this like really expensive set of sunglasses and she was like, I could buy it, but I don't like, I just haven't, they're kind of pricey or whatever. I was like, you have to ask someone to buy them for you. And she was like, no, no, I don't want to do that. And I was like, nope, you got to do it. Sorry. You got to go ask your parents or ask your older brother. You got to ask him to buy you these ridiculously expensive sunglasses. She was like, no, I really don't want to. Somebody else was like, I told her she had to go because she had like all of these judgments of like how people spent their money. She's a financial planner. So it was like she had all of these like ideas of like what it was to spend your money responsibly. Right. And so her assignment was like she literally had to go buy because she was like, you know, needed a new wallet and a new purse or something. So I told her you have to go to you have to go to like because she the thing she associated with people who were like irresponsible or like people who were like spoiled and stuff was Louis Vuitton. So I was like, you have to go buy Louis Vuitton now. And I was like, you have to go buy a Louis Vuitton purse and a Louis Vuitton wallet. Go for the wallet. I was like, bonus points if you get a purse too. And she was like, I'm not going to want any of that, man. And I really don't want to go. And I don't want it. Like, that's ridiculously expensive. And I was like, I don't care. Like your, your purses keep giving out anyway. And she was like, ugh. And then another person was like, you know, always getting in into shit with her sister. And I was like, and, you know, because her sister was like always saying, like, you think you're better than everybody and you think you're so successful and you think this, like everything's been handed to you. You've had it so easy, not like me, blah, blah, blah. And so I told her she had to call up her sister and apologize and say she was right. I am a spoiled brat. Everything has been handed to me. It what It is easy for me. And she was like, oh, fuck you. Like, I really <laughs> don't want to do that. All of these people, it was so funny because they did it during the workshop. And then they came back and they were like, I feel fucking unstoppable. Like that is honestly it. Like when you go through it, like when you go through something that terrifies you, you're like, I feel unstoppable. Nothing is ever going to hold me back now. Yeah. When you go through something you're afraid of and you come out the other side and realize, oh, Mm -hmm. I made it to be so hey. much worse. Sorry, she's trying to eat my money tree. It's oh, like my cat does the same thing. <laughs> she's just being naughty because she wants my undivided attention. Okay, one more channel. We're almost done. Um, so you had, like I said, you had two tribal channels and the two individual channels. So the the one we were just talking about, where it was the initiation, the spiritual shock, that like individual channels are really like you use it on yourself and then show other people. Like these mm -hmm. channels are really meant for you and whatever 
you chose to go through in this lifetime. They're meant to help you. And then when you use them and when you tap into them and allow them to happen, other people often come and they're like, show me how to do that. Right. Like everything you're just saying, show me how to move through my fear. Show me how to find things. So you have this other channel. It connects your root to your splenic center. So interesting. Mm -hmm. You have two channels at your splenic and two at your heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, the channel 3828 is the channel of struggle. And so like, to me, this is all about challenge, which your profile, like you said, um, is actually the challenge solver. That's what I think Jenna Zoe calls it, right? No. One is the challenge solver and you have this channel of struggle. So it's this feeling of like needing to overcome struggle. You don't like this idea of struggle, but in a way struggle or like um, what Abraham Hicks calls it as contrast actually creates clarity so sometimes going through the struggle going through the things that are difficult going through the fears that we think are like the worst thing that we could possibly do actually pushes us into clarity and helps us move us forward and sometimes move us way faster than we thought the fear was gonna we thought the fear was gonna slow us down and it really doesn't and so one of the things you really help people to do is empower them to embrace the struggle empower them to move through that and whatever it is and come out with the clarity on the other side. And it's like to solve, get to the root of the problem and make sure that you're always doing that. Not always, but like doing it for yourself and then showing people what happens when you do that. Like if you move through a fear or you move through a struggle, really sharing about that, people are going to be like, oh my God, how do I do that? And like be attracted to that. Um, oh my God. That's like literally all of my content. <laughs> that's like always what I do. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And that's so now you see why, like it's that, that individual. So anyone who has individual channels, that's one way that you can start to attract your clients and attract the people that you're really meant to help is by doing those, like learning about this channel, doing it for yourself and then showing up and showing others the way so that they can follow you. Um, the that's example so just, cool just too with you, like with the Trello board, like I keep talking about it because I used it as my guideline for, for this, um, for this boot camp that I did. And you created the Trello board because it was a struggle when you were doing it, right? Like you told me that the coach who gave you his guideline was like confusing or whatever. And you were like, Hey, I'm going to fix this and make it the way it works for me. And it worked for you. And then you share that with other people. And so mm -hmm. that's like, Oh my God. Yeah. hundred percent. It's so funny. Cause that's like, that's like literally everything I do is I, I always say like, I create programs that I need. Like that's what I want because I know if I would take it, if that's a program I want to be in, then other people are going to want to be in it too. So like I, and like, I'm not somebody where it's like, I'm going to pass off my stuff to, my VA, like, oh, I've got a guest speaker. I'm going to let my VA introduce them or something like that, unless it's like I'm traveling or something like that. Like, I'm planned to be there. Like, I plan to be there and like here with like, you know, because again, remember, I got to like make sure everybody's involved, make sure like the speaker is feeling like it's successful for them and like that people are asking questions or if they don't have questions, I will automatically know based on what everybody's been working on, like we should touch on these other things. And so I'll ask questions, but 
I'm never somebody who's going to like create something just because I think it's going to sell. Like I go through when I do a workshop, I go through the same steps with everybody else. I do the same thing. Um, and I'll be the first one to share, like I'll do it. And then I'll be like, here's what I wrote. And here's what came up for me. What came up for you? Like I literally go through my workshops with people like, because I'm like, yeah, I believe in it. This is the stuff I use. Um, and especially in terms of money, because I've been through, like, I like to say I've had every relationship problem in the book and I've been through every like money issue that you can get through in the book other than bankruptcy so far. Um, but it's like, I go through it and I talk about it openly and I share the solutions, the things that have worked for me, like so far, I think that, you know, half of why I, learn and read so much is because like, I'm really good at synthesizing information and being like, here are the best pieces of this. I, I say all the time, like the reason you pay a coach is not because uh, they have knowledge that you don't. It's that you are, you're paying, cause you could go to YouTube university and go get your MBA basically. And like figure out how to do everything on your own. You pay a coach because they've already spent years figuring it out and they can now save you time. That's what you're paying for. You're paying for time and you're paying for the nuggets. Like you're paying for their knowledge that they're synthesizing to be like, all right, based on what I'm seeing with you, here's what I think is going to be most effective. And I always say that there's no, there's no wrong answer. There's no wrong experience. Nothing is bad, right? Like even if you go balls to the wall on something that ends up sucking, or like bombs or whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That doesn't mean it was a bad move. Like, you know, I've had friends who have had like, you know, fucking nervous breakdowns and like dated horrible people who like destroyed their happiness. So I've had people go through like major job loss. I've got like, you know, or like being really toxic workplaces or, you know, they've had like all of these like traumatic things happen and they'll be like, why though? Like if, if I was following, if I was following my intuition into that, why would it happen? Why would anything bad happen if my intuition led me there? And I say, it's because your intuition and your guides, you were asking for something so big that they said, we need to supercharge their healing. So what might have taken you 20 years without this major traumatic event you learned in six months, right? Like you have to go through that. That's like, you know, I'm now I have these moments. It's like whenever I have had these moments and it's funny because I haven't had it. Like I haven't run out of money now for like several months, which is like a huge win <laughs> on my part. Like just in general, even though I'm good at like helping people make money and keep money and make more of it. But like the last time it happened was such a wildly different experience than any time that had happened in the past because A, I had run out of money multiple times before. And B, wait, did I say one or one or A? Anyway, it doesn't matter. B, I was like, you know, I've run out of money in the past and I've always made money again. I've always made it again. So who cares? Like, why am I going to get all upset about it? Like, I know what works. I know how to make money. I'll just make money then. Like, I'll, who cares if I'm broke for the next two weeks and we have to like invent meals out of the pantry, right? Like I don't, whatever. And so I had this moment where it was like, I paid all my, this was after I was sick with COVID. So I was sick with COVID and it had me out for like 
two months. I got the stomach flu and then I had COVID. So I was out, out of work for two months. And I was like, when I went through and I spent all my money, like covered all my expenses, paid all my bills, had the money set aside for groceries, as a little bit of money for groceries. And it was like, mm, okay, fingers crossed. I got to make money in like two weeks in order to like pay the next round of bills or whatever. When I got to this point where it's like, I brought everything down to like zero, essentially. I think I had like maybe a hundred dollars in my account or something. I took a moment and I went, oh, oh, it feels so good to be broke. I was like the delicious, I was like the delicious feeling of brokenness. I was like, I did it. I was like, I am fucking broke. I was like, I have no pressure. The other shoe has dropped. Like, I don't have to worry. I'm not losing money because the money is gone. I couldn't lose any money, any more money because I have none. Like, and I just like embraced that what would have been like such a panicked feeling generally, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. And I just got to, and I like had this whole moment. I just took like a good five to 10 minutes and I was like, it's gone. It's finally gone. I was like, it's all gone. I was like, oh, there's nowhere to go up from here. I was like, I love a rags to riches story. I was like, I love being an underdog. I was like, I am Gaga. I have taken all my awards down off the walls. I've put them in the closet. I'm not looking at them. And it is time to write my new platinum album. Like I like just really got into that energy where it was like, I am literally starting from nothing and I'm just going to like enjoy it. Like, why not? And I was like, now people get to feel bad for me. I was like, my sister might buy me presents. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was literally just like rolling with it. I was like, my sister's my, cause my sister's like a hotshot attorney. She like makes like six figures. I was like, my sister's going to buy me presents. And I was like, everybody, I was like, oh, <laughs> like, I'm like, literally just like, go, like basking in like the brokenness. And I'm just like, everything is terrible. Like I get like, I have an excuse now to like, feel, to, like my depression is now valid instead of, instead of clinical, like, you know, like, it's like, I'm just like enjoying it all and yeah. like just accepting it for what it is. I was just like, whatever, because like some part of me like knows that like that was just like it's the supercharge of the struggle that gets you to the massive up level that's like always what happens and what happened after that my book deal came through that was when it was like you know they came back with an offer it was exactly what i wanted not just them but i had a second publisher which i wasn't expecting a second publisher was interested in it so then i had two competing offers like that's what happened after you know, and I know that it was because it was like the the lesson was patience, really patience and trust. Yeah. And I've stopped having that lesson because the last time I had it, I just welcomed it with open arms. I was like, I'm here again and that's OK. And I'm OK with it. Yeah. Oh, what a cool story. I love that story. Yeah. I think I'd seen you posting about it on Facebook, but I didn't hear like the full the full story and it's yeah it's like it's because it's like we spend so much time fighting things that happen to us and being like this is terrible and it's miserable and oh like I feel terrible I don't like it and it's like what if we just decided to like you know embrace it to enjoy everything to yeah. enjoy pain because like here's the thing is like 
you cannot like you do not enjoy like the depth, like the you cannot enjoy true unbridled happiness if you have not also experienced like the depths of despair. Like there's um, I don't know how many people watch the matrix. This is a woo woo community. I feel like everybody's probably seen the matrix, but they're like my favorite part of the whole thing. And I haven't watched it in like 10 years, but in the last of the original trilogy, there's a moment where they're talking about how they've tried, they've had this experiment, like Neo and Trinity and everybody's been, have been born so many times already. Like they've had to reset everybody's brains multiple times and like plug them back into the matrix. And they always allow them to like have some kind of rebellion so it can get quelled again. Like it's, and so they, the creator of the matrix or whatever, like the, the God energy of it basically says that when they first started it, they tried making it a, a utopia for all humans and the humans kept waking up because they didn't believe it. They didn't believe it because they didn't believe that like it was possible. Like, what is happiness if there isn't also sadness? And so they realized, well, humans are fucked up. We have to actually put in negative experiences. We actually have to make it a very imperfect, fucked up world because like we don't trust it otherwise. And so I say it's the same thing. Like whenever you're in the depths of some bullshit and like it is rough, it's just because like you are being prepared for like some massive up level that's coming. And it's like, it's going to be that much more delicious once it arrives and it's because of the depth of, of despair of how you're feeling that's why you have to honor the feeling and actually feel it first not just like talk yourself out of it and like make yourself feel better about it absolutely not no first step is to actually feel it it's actually cry and feel bad for yourself and have a pity party and get angry and you know get upset and do all of the things like you got to feel it first you got to feel bad for yourself and then once you're like willing to feel it, like honestly, like the feelings rarely last that long when you really like engage in them. So true. Yeah. And then there's just like massive, massive joy after. It's always what happens. It's like birth. Not that I've given birth, but it's like, you know, it's like, you know, I just had a, I just had a client turned friend um, how she had just had like a uniquely bad move. Okay. Like move from Florida to New York. And she like drove herself there. It was like, everything went wrong every fucking step of the way. She like made no sales in like the six weeks before moving, she made no money. So let's like, she had no money for this move, but she still hired movers. She had to put one of her cats down. Like that literally happened like two days before she was leaving. She had to like put one of her cats down. She also, went to sell her car and they underquoted her by like two grand, which she was going to also use for the move. So there was like that stress. Um, she like didn't know where she was going to stay. Her movers were late. Her movers were late. And then they couldn't finish because the person they had moved before her had double the stuff. So they had to leave and come back the next day. And then the next day they were hours late. And it was like, a nightmare. Okay. It was like, honestly, such a nightmare move. Like I was like, moving's already terrible. And I was telling her, like, moving's terrible, moving's terrible. And then I was like, okay, no, this is uniquely bad. Honestly, this sounds, this is rough. This is rough. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> um, and it's like, you know, the whole time it's like, she's calling me like, you know, every 
couple of hours for like four or five days, just like sobbing. And she kept being like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And every time I was like, you don't have to, you could stay. You could go get another apartment. Like you could stay. Do you want to stay? And she'd be like, well, no, I don't want to stay. I know that she was like, but I don't want to do this. I just know because I've been talking about it for like two years. It's the only reason why I'm going through with it. And I said, exactly. Like you're in the, I was like, this is like, I was like, you're in labor. I'm like, you're in labor. And like, you just got to keep pushing through. I was like, knowing that there's a blessing on the other side, but like you are in labor. That's just how you have to look at it. And she was like, well, I never wanted to have any fucking kids anyway. And I was like, too bad too bad. And it was so funny. Like literally the moment she got there, cause she's like, I'm assuming that she like signed a lease for an apartment sight on scene. You know, she was like, Oh, fingers crossed. She's like, I'm expecting it to be a dump. I'm expecting to like, you know, get rejected. I'm also expecting like, she was like, had a, had a bunch of consideration on different projects and she wasn't hearing back like nothing. She's like, I'm expecting to like lose everything, whatever. And it was the moment she got there, everything started clicking. It was like, she just was up, like she said, as, as she drove in, she felt like a weight was lifted and things that happened after that were insane. It was like so wild. So it was like the apartment was even nicer than it was in the picture. She was like, wow, this didn't do it. The pictures didn't do this place justice. She was like, oh my God, my neighborhood is everything that I want it to be. And it was, um, you know, like things were cheaper than she thought they were going to be. Like she was actually, she got um, somebody, like she had a client, a client like said yes, but, and they were like, we don't want you to start on this project until May, but we want to pay you now. She's like, great. It's like that happened. It was like, all she went and sold it. She decided to drive to Connecticut to sell her car because she was like, you know, that's the closest CarMax. I don't want to deal with, you know. A, like, oh, that was the other thing. She went to go sell her car and she didn't have the title because it was like her ex-husband had taken it. So she drove, drove two hours to Connecticut and they ended up giving her like five grand back, like, which was almost double the quote at the previous place. It was like, all these things were just like clicking and aligning and perfect. And she was like, I can't, be, like, I can, I can, I just feel so magnetic. She's like, people are, she's like, like handsome men are like talking to me out of nowhere. And it's like, I feel so good about myself. And it was like, yeah, you, it was literally preparing you for this, for this exact thing. It was like forcing you, you were like giving birth and now you've got the baby. Like Now you're here. Um, the struggle is like, that's always where the magic is. It doesn't feel like it. And I say like the worse it is, like, honestly, at that point, when you are in the absolute rock bottom of whatever it is you're going through, I say that you don't realize it, but the universe has given you a blank check. You could you could have anything you want. You just have to like be willing to keep going and keep moving forward and continue to not compromise. Well, I feel like that was a great place to stop. That was perfect. Thank you, Jesse. Yay! That was so well said. Oh, I loved. It. I love it. Um, so on that note, if anybody wants to like get in touch with Jesse, if you want to learn more about her, where can they find you? Um, I, th I think we can drop the link here in the, in the, yeah, my group is, yeah, my group's probably going to be the best way you're going to find me. That's five figure launch Queens. So it's five, the number five figure launch Queens.com. That'll take you straight to the Facebook group. And I have, 
free courses in there on different topics, usually like three day, three day, four day workshops all over the place on all different kinds of topics with like action steps, because I believe that everybody deserves access to information. I also have one for job hunters. Um, that one's sixfigurecareerqueens.com, also number six there. Uh, but this has been an entrepreneurial audience. So five figure launch queens. And then, you know, I'm, I'm everywhere under Jesse De Silva, Jesse with an IE or the millennial money, Witch. you'll find me that way as well. So yeah. And my, I like to say my DMS are always open. I am not like an inaccessible person, like come hang out. I'm happy to talk, get to know people. Yeah. Yeah. Super approachable, super open to just chat. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I promise I won't sell you anything either if you like just come to talk to me. So <laughs> amazing. Well, I've had oh, it's 343. See, 43 pops up for me all over the place. So crazy. Um, but thank you again for coming. Thank you again for doing this with me. Thank you guys who came and watched live. And if you're listening to the podcast episode, um, I'm excited to see you in the next episode. So thanks, Jesse. Thanks Bye. for having me. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about your human design and how you can work with me, you can find the link in the show notes below that will take you to my five day human design in business challenge where you can learn more about your specific human design type and how it can work for you in creating your spiritual soul aligned business. Thank you for joining me here today. I hope you learned something and I can't wait to see you in the next